0: your host, Jim Irvin. Hey,
1: everybody. Thank you so much for joining me once again here on Time Signatures. I am your host, Jim Irvin, and we are pleased once again to welcome Gideon King of Gideon King and City Blog back to the show. This is part two of our conversation, and you can listen to previous episodes at lccconnect.org under the Time Signatures podcast webpage. One of the cool things that I was thinking about while you were talking about all of the older uh, blues, Schofield and and whatnot. Are you aware that Fleetwood Mac was at one time a blues band? Absolutely. I'm just, I was blown away. Um, I think it was called before the beginning. It's a three CD set. Yeah. Hell yeah. And a friend of mine exposed me to Fleetwood Mac doing the blues. And I was just absolutely blown out of my socks.
2: Oh yeah, man. Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what I'm saying. Like the blues is an overt thing, but it's also really hidden in everything. It it, it really is. You know, yeah. I'm just thinking of like, people might say like, you know, um, Derek Trucks is a great blues guitarist. Okay. um, You know, he's a great slide. You know, or John Mayer, when he's doing his trio stuff, he's a, he's a decent blues guitarist. But you know what? Actually, So's Van Halen in his own way. He's sure. drawing sure in, in some ways he's drawing from more sophisticated blues constructs than any of those guys. And so it the fact that Fleetwood Mac drew from the blues or was actually a blues band, that man, that makes to be honest, and listening to their music makes perfect sense. And don't think that Donald Fagan Walter Becker from Steely Dan didn't draw a lot, a ton, frankly, from the blues. Almost Dude, almost any good musician is going to draw from the blues. How like how can you not? It's 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 dominant chords, man. It's everything. Oh yeah.
1: Well, and and as we you know as we say in the intro here that you know basically all genres of music have had some influence by the blues uh, throughout oh, history, yeah. and you know it almost it makes me wonder what what Fleetwood Mac could have been had they stayed in the genre as opposed to bringing on the girls and going to the pop side. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it's still a nice body of work, you know?
2: Oh yeah. Hell yeah. You know what it is? The blues keeps people in a lane. Like look at Gary Clark Jr. Okay. There's a sort of modern day, you know, blues guy, whether you like him or you don't like him, whatever. That's a matter of taste, I suppose. But like, he's a big name. Okay. But he's still considered in the blues lane. And that, like, that will limit someone, right? Like, like you're not going to be packing stadiums like Taylor Swift or U2 or yeah. Coldplay or or whatever if you're in the blues lane. I'm not saying you can't get, you know, 3,500 people or 4,000 people or maybe even more in a room for a room cap, but it ain't going to be 59,000 people with their iPhones up like it is a Coldplay concert.
1: Yeah. Let me ask you a question because I have been talking to a lot of musicians in the blues uh, in yeah. the blues lane, if you will, yeah, and they go over to Europe because Europe has embraced the blues. They will pack stadiums. They will bring right. out 20,000 people. Um, yeah. uh, a big group just showed, just went over to um, Romania. They went over Brazil. I think it's Brazil, R- Romania. The Open
2: Romania, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, and we're talking Toronto, well, Cannon. We're you know, talking. It's, fu-
2: it's funny. It's funny that you say that because. There are ways in which, and listen, I don't want to be one of these europhiles that says America sucks and Europe's great, like that's boring. But like by the same token, there are ways in which that Europeans are uh, I- intellectually and artistically more open than we are. People watch more old movies in Europe. Um you know, there's more attention paid to the craft of cooking in Europe in some ways, and they're very open to jazz. I mean, people love jazz in Spain and and and, and France and so on. And so It makes kind of weird, perfect cultural sense that the blues can have a bit of a more of a popular appeal uh, in Europe, or let me put it this way, can scale up in Europe in a way that it can't scale up in the United States, because there's a certain artistic sensibility to the blues. Agreed. That is, it's, it's like a very soulful, unique, human thing. And, you know, listen, I mean, we're the Americans and they're the Europeans, and sometimes Europeans... Can be a little more human than we are um, mm-hmm. in some ways. And, and listen, again, I'm not here to tell you know, you know say Europe's they do this and that better, and they're better than America. No, not at all. That's not what I'm saying. But I am saying, I am saying, there's a certain open architecture to their architect to their artistic sensibilities. That 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 makes what you're pointing out make at least perfect sense to me is I guess what I'm trying to say.
1: Well, and it's it's something that, you know, as I've been diving deeper into doing the podcast and I talked to more people, um, we went to see Buddy Guy a few weeks ago over in Grand Rapids and um cool. he he was talking about the history of the blues and how uh Jimi Hendrix was big into the blues, but uh, yeah. he couldn't break out
2: in the United States, so he went over to Europe. Totally. And by the um, way same same with some guys in jazz look at dexter gordon yeah um, and 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 i don't know if that had to do with racism because there was plenty of racism in europe too but I, but I, I you're absolutely right some of those types of things i mean listen um where did louis armstrong make all his money okay yeah. europe so yeah. like that's where the guy became a what the equivalent of a you know a, loaded as hell he made he made that money in europe more than he made in the united states
1: and you hear so, that story um, over and over and over again
2: yeah and and charlie parker in some respects and dexter gordon and, mm-hmm. and and dude i mean we can we can go on we can go on forever and so there is there is something to be said on the other hand jim there are elements of the blues that are so uniquely American. Let's forget about Jimmy and Stevie Ray. Sure. Let's just sure. talk about a guy like Skip James. Remember Skip James? Yep. Oh yeah. So, so Skip James was great playing that sort of janky guitar. He sounded great, good feel. And so, like, that's a unique, you know, he almost wrote protest songs or 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 you know, songs that 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 reflected his position of a, of being oppressed. And so that is a uniquely american element to the blues which i love which is cool as hell and, yeah. and, and 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 beautiful so but you're so right you know it's funny i wasn't thinking we would talk about this on the podcast but you're right <laughs> these types of things are more they're more accepted in in europe in some respects than they are in, in the, you know what even in terms of people's sense of humor like in some ways, like Americans have lost their sense of humor. Like yeah. you go to Europe and, you know, you can still laugh and make kind of inappropriate jokes. You can actually have a little fun. You know what I mean? And so it's like, maybe it's all part of a more kind of, a more open architecture, like I was saying before, of of, of speaking and creating. I don't know, man. I don't know what the answer is.
1: It's something else I'll tell you. And, you know, and as I said, as I dive more into this and I get deeper into it, I mean, I'll be honest with you. I wish the Blues had a better following here in the United States because I would be Me at too. more shows. I mean, I, I just went down and, and got to see Thornetta Davis, who just won a Blues Award Oh yeah, for the uh, Female Soul uh, Award winner of the year. Um, just incredible, incredible. And I got to see Toronzo Cannon and Joanna Connor this year. I mean, it's a, it's a big deal, but now uh, let's look at the other side of this. I am going to see somebody who is not in that blues lane. He does do right. blues the traditional way, but he also does like a blues rock and that's Joe Bonamassa. And, oh, um,
2: yeah, and he's a, and he's a great shredder. Um, and, oh, yeah. and, and, and he's a bit of a modern day example of keeping the blues alive with a yes. little bit more of an open architecture, right? It's not Albert King, right? It's not Robert Johnson, um, or, you know, it's not Rory Gallagher. It, it's a more modern day shredders version of it that has elements of, of, you know, even Van Halen or, or, or whatever, but yes, he's important because he keeps, you know, who's damn good. While wow, we're just sort of sure, go ahead, know, blue sky, you know, who's really good. Eric Gales. You familiar with that, Yes. Him, right? Oh God. Yes. I <laughs> love Eric Gales. Yeah. And he's a good modern day player because he's exploring things a little bit more harmonically and he's a cool player. Yes, there are these modern day things, but here's the thing, whether we like it or not, when we talk about Gary Clark Jr. or we talk about Eric Gales, it's still in that, or even Chris Stone, what's his name? Chris, uh, Chris Stone Ingram, uh, that guy, Kingfish, he's, he's, yeah. he's good kingfish yeah right they're still like oh those are the blues guys meaning there's they're weirdly delineated isn't that weird yeah yeah, it's weird and i don't and i just totally sure why um but it's it's a little bit of a it's a little bit of a of a shame then there's the ones that cross over like warren haynes and government mule that Mm -hmm. are somewhere between the blues and the allman brothers if you know what i'm saying
1: oh yeah yeah absolutely you are listening to Time Signatures with Jim Irvin, and my guest today is Gideon King. Uh, Gideon is out of New York uh, City and um, very well known over there with City Blog, a, a band that he organized in 2015. If you haven't had a chance to check out his music, I would strongly recommend you do a search for him on Spotify. Um, I got I to gotta drag you back here for just a minute, and I want to talk about your creative process uh, describe mm-hmm. your your process for writing music. Which which comes first? Is it the the lyrics, the music? What is it?
2: How does it work? It just depends. It's got to be a spark. When it's lyrics, it's like some strange thing. An example: my wife and I were talking the other day, which shouldn't surprise anybody because we're married, I guess. <laughs> um, and, and and we we were talking the other day, and she used the expression "throwing shade." Mm-hmm. And I thought that was like such a slick expression. It, it just the way it, it it's, a th- you know, throwing shade, like it just sounded cool. And it, almost like the word like stylus back when people had, you know, record players. Mm-hmm. And 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 so that was just a spark. I started thinking, wow, that sounds slick. And then I started thinking about like relationships and people that need people to be their boyfriend or girlfriend so that they can put them down. And, and, and so like, I started thinking about all the strange forms of throwing shade. And so I wrote a song. So that was a lyrical spark. And frankly, sure. it's, it's really, I think it's a really cool, almost pop song. I, you haven't heard it just because it, it hasn't been released and it wasn't on okay. the EP, but it's, 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 it's in the, I don't know what you want to call it back catalog. I don't know what it's unreleased. Let's put it that way. Okay. But then on the, flip, on the flip side, I have a new tune. I'm, I'm working on. And it's about tattoos and uh, people, how tattoos have become so common. And and Mm -hmm. like, is it even rebellious to have a tattoo anymore? It might even be like reverse rebellious. It might even be conformist to have a tattoo now. And so I don't really care what the answer is, but it was something interesting to write about and think about. So that's a concept, but in this case, okay, in this case, uh, it's all starting from the harmonic stuff. There's some interesting little devices that you can play over dominant chords where you're arpeggiating certain chords within within dominant chord scales. And so I came up with a few sort of fun little harmonic kind of devices and weird things. And that's mushrooming into like a big chordal structure, which is pretty complex. And that's a case where I will fit lyrics to the chordal structure. Okay. In the other case, this concept of throwing shade was, okay, the lyric lyric thing was the spark, you know, the word throwing shade, the phrase throwing shade. And let me just write a simple tune around that. And so it just depends where the spark comes from. It's always more complex, maybe less commercial when the spark comes from a musical place. And when it comes from a lyrical place, it's usually a little more commercial. Um, but that's the process. And then I I come up with the chords and the lyrics and and bring it bring it to, to my band and they do surgery on it, grooves. And they say, well, Gideon, this part, this part, this part sucks. What about doing this? And this part's great. Let's keep that and do more of it. Or we like it the way it is. Let's, and and I just sort of, I just sort of like throw the pinata up to the band. They just start beating it up and, and then we start recording and start putting it together. And, and then sometimes of course I call my, my piano player up and I just say like, Hey man, I'm just sitting here watching the Yankee game. And I just can't think of anything creative. Can you write some chords and I'll come up with some lyrics? And we do that sometimes. Um, and and if I'm feeling like I can't quite get it done, like I can't get it all done. Um, and I just say, like, man, write some right. And he's great, he's a genius. So he'll he'll bang out chords and I'll write lyrics to it. Maybe I'll add to the chords, you know. Um, and so it it all starts with these sparks, I suppose, like everybody else. And then um, we go into uh, the studio and we just start doing surgery on the idea and rarely does. The patient come out looking like it did when it started, surgery, meaning, <laughs> me, me, meaning, just to extend that analogy, sure. like a lot of stuff once it goes through the filters of all these people's musical minds, it, it, it invariably comes out with something different. Unless I'm super, like you know, wedded to one idea, but I find in general the more wedded to anything I am, the more the product sucks. So I've tried to, I've tried to outgrow that.
1: Well, and those those creative parties that you referred to, where you're doing surgery on the song, have to be a good time for everybody, and it gives them a, a little bit of a chance to have a a bit of input in what you're doing as well. Yes.
2: Oh hell yeah! First of all, yes, yes, and yes. And on top of that, <laughs> in many and, and on top of that, in many ways, they're far better musicians than I am. So for me not to take their input um,
1: would be kind of kind of stupid. Very good. Hey, I gotta have to. I'm, I'm going to have some fun with a couple of questions here now. I'd like to ask you if you had an all-time favorite song growing up. Um, I know I remember when I was a kid, I had a little record player, and there were particular songs that I would just play over and over and over again. Did you have anything like that growing up? Is there one that sticks in yeah. your mind?
2: Yes, I got about four or five. Can I rattle them off? Sure, absolutely. All right, all right. Um, "Old Man" by Neil Young. Oh yeah, good song. Yeah. Oh man, I could name 10 Jimmy songs, but, 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 um, probably Foxy lady. Okay. Um, and, uh, kid Charlemagne by Steely Dan mm-hmm. uh, is one of my favorite when we were young. Of course that was written more recently by Adele, which is a ridiculous right. song. Um, and then, uh, the live version of black queen, Speaking of blues, by the way, Stephen Stills, I don't know if you're, man, for anybody who's listening to this podcast, go on Spotify and check out Black Queen by, by the live version by Stephen Stills. He nails it. I mean, he's just killing it on guitar. That's worth listening to Texas Flood, of course. Oh yeah. Um, you know, and, and I hate to be unoriginal. I really do. But like, you know, Hotel California and Lion Eyes. Oh, sure. Know? Yes. I mean, I hate to be unoriginal and say Hotel California. (laughs) And then of course, and then of course I'd be remiss if I didn't include, you know, a few Leonard Skinner songs. I mean, damn. I mean, those guys were, they they were great guitarists and good, they were good, you know, really good parts. Um, And then of course, uh, putting all that aside, um, the entire album still lives talking by Pat Metheny and the album still worn by John Schofield, Um, you you know? uh, uh, Oh yeah. I mean, like some of the greatest, just some of the great, you know, greatest guitar. And then, a lot of early jazz stuff, West Montgomery stuff, but yeah, man. You know, I guess I didn't really answer the question. I just I fly. I no, like you flying did all right. Tandem, you did all right. Gave some good answers. Myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Couldn't couldn't control it.
1: So in your in your career, I would imagine you've probably shared the stage with some pretty cool musicians along the way. Um, any any names you'd like to share? Any big names?
2: I mean, I definitely in in the recording studio. I sure. John Scofield, Mark Boussard, James Genus, bass player for Daft Punk, Herbie Hancock, Gregoire Marway, um, Donnie McCaslin, the, you know, sax guy for David Bowie. Um, oh, dude, so many. I mean, just so many, you know, Nate Smith on drums. Um, uh, Oh, God, I, I can't even just just so many great musicians. So you, that, so you had that, studio
1: time with Bowie?
2: No, I wish. Oh, okay. uh, Bowie saxophone player, Donnie McCaslin. Oh, no, gotcha. No okay. No, I,
1: I, the I, name I, caught me and I yeah. said, I got to ask.
2: <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. I wish that, I wish that were the case, but it's definitely not. But, um, but yes, yeah, so many, you know, so many great musicians and so many great singers for, for, for sure.
1: Absolutely. I have to ask, have you ever had a chance to meet your idol?
2: Well, I got about eight of them. So John Schofield's probably my favorite guitar player. And he turned out, turned out we became great friends and Wonderful. released music together. Um, and I don't think I have face to face ever met Donald Fagan from Steely Dan. Okay. Um, and i and I'm, I'm positive. I haven't met Jimi Hendrix. Um, and, and that, that, that's for, that's for sure. Um, and I haven't met Mahler and I haven't met Snoop Dogg or Tupac. Um, and I haven't met Ella Fitzgerald. Um, and I, you know, um, so definitely got some big names met- there. Yeah. I've definitely met Pat Metheny for yeah. sure. Uh, at the blue, at the blue note uh, where I've played, you know, in New York and, uh, and of course go. Uh, so I've met a few of my idols for sure. Yeah, definitely for sure. Um, but, um, but no, I, uh, and Neil, I don't think I've ever met Neil Young, you know? Mm-mm.
1: No, that would be cool. That would absolutely be cool.
2: Oh yeah. Neil is cool. Great songs.
1: You are listening to time signatures. Uh, I'm Jim Irvin and my guest is Gideon King. Uh, we have covered so much ground here and there's probably more to cover. I, I have to ask as we, uh, as we come to the close here, I'd like to know what's, what's in the future. What do you, I know you've, you've said you've got a body of work that has yet to be released. Um, any other big musical projects that you're working on?
2: Yeah. You know, I, I sort of have like uh what I think is a, a simple answer to this question I just want to expand our footprint the way we've been expanding. And I want to continue to have more people listen to our music, whether it's on Spotify or Apple music. And I want to continue to improve upon and build out a huge catalog of music, which a growing number of people, um, listen to. And, uh, continue to build out a really impactful live act by the way that's the thing i've learned most from my my the other musicians in the band is how to take a song there's a song in the studio and then there's a song live and um an impact and and creating impact is a totally different process for each, each each thing so continue to to be able to to play. You know, we just got invited to play a festival in, in, in a number of weeks and that'll be fun. Very cool. Um and 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 you know, we'll continue to gig and, and and play. So, expand the footprint, expand the catalog. I have no idea how big we'll get. I have no idea how popular we'll get, but as long as when all is said and done, um you can sit there with some headphones on and listen to four hours of our music on Spotify and, and, and be, and, and, and have your interest peaked and and your creativity or your inspiration jogged or whatever, then, then that's, that is success for us. We have a bit of a following and we do play gigs in front of people, but you know, geez, I'd like it to be more people. Uh, I'm not not proud to say that. And and
1: I'd love to see Um, you come to Michigan sometime, or maybe I'll get out there.
2: Uh, Yeah. Well, you you're you're absolutely invited. Um, and uh, yeah, we, the odds are we will end up playing in Michigan someday. So, uh, so yeah. Um, so I, man, I appreciate all the questions.
1: Well, I, uh, I appreciate your time today and I look forward to keeping in touch with you going forward. Uh, my guest today has been Gideon King. Gideon, tell everybody where we can find you. Let's talk about your social media presence. You got a website. Sure. You yeah. Get it all yeah, out
2: yeah, there. Yeah. 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 Gideon King and city blog. We have a website, of course. Um, And then of course, just go to Gideon King city blog on, uh, on Instagram. I'm not, I'm not the best social media guy in the world. We do have our, we do have our, we do have our Instagram and our threads and I think Twitter and all that stuff that our manager manages, but all, you know what, if you'd go to spot, if any fan listening to this show or any listener listening to this show, We'll go to Spotify and check out our music. That's all we can ask, and for that we would be greatly appreciative. And uh, if you ever come to one of our shows, well, we're even more appreciative. So um, that's uh, that's how you can that's how you can find us. I suppose like you can find every other musician in the world.
1: Well, and you know the one thing I do want to say, and I'm not saying this just because you're on the program as a guest, but I do spend the time and I do my homework and I do enjoy your music. Uh, if you get a chance, uh, definitely look them up on Spotify. And uh, and let me know what you think, man. We, we take uh, comments on our Facebook page. We also take uh, email comments, which all of that information will be following here. But we want to thank you for being with us today, Gideon. It has been a pleasure. And uh, we will be back with the next episode as quickly as we can. We are recording as many as we can and uh, just trying to keep things moving along now that we're out of uh, hiatus and moving along. So thanks for listening. We will look forward to seeing you soon.
0: Until next time, keep on keeping the blues alive.